Radio, www.brooklynradiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Okay, so here's where we are today. I have Shona McWilliams. McAndrews. McAndrews. (laughs) Oh, my God. I got nervous there, so I said it wrong. Shona McAndrews here, and um, she's here with her boyfriend, partner of three years, Stuart Lantry. But um, I want to talk about Shona because we're here mostly to discuss her work, even though we have um, her really adorable boyfriend here. He, we're both. We're all here to discuss her work, really, aren't we, Stuart? Oh, absolutely. Maybe her relationship, <laughs> maybe you, her relationship with you a little bit. Maybe you're going to fill us in on like, because Shauna can't, can't be objective about everything. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll learn more about her <laughs> through you. Yeah, where, wherever we need to, you know. You're going to be honest with us, yes. honest and direct, right? <laughs> oh, Shauna, do you think he's like that? That's the only way he knows to be. So. Okay, well, I'm going to get, I hope I don't get you guys in the fight after this. <laughs> so anyway, um, hey, will you hold, put your A little closer. Yeah, sorry, right. that's my fault. Anyway, um, so here's the thing about Shauna. Uh, she is, um, okay, really, she's, she's a great artist, visual artist, um, I think I'm, I'm going to, she's going to tell you who she is or she's going to tell you about her work. But anyway, I think her work is really a, she is a breakout artist just cause, just cause that's the cheesiest way I can put it. But, um, her work is, um, she does these huge life size, bigger than life size, naked, uh, figures doing a uh, women plus I don't know. You know what? I'm going to let her explain it. But here, but here's how here's how it speaks to me. It speaks to me in that it's um, talking about women and women um, as uh, it, the body of women and how women look and the superficiality of appearances and all this other stuff. And I think it does it in a way um, that we haven't that that is very direct. I think that's what's particularly special about it. I think it's very very direct. And also, Shauna is a young woman. How old are you? 28. 28. She's also, like, really smart and educated. Okay, so she went to Brandeis. She studied to be, were you studying to be a shrink? Yeah. See, she's in the same, we were we're kind of in the same business. And then after that, she had a professor that saw all of her talent, which she has innate talent since childhood, and uh, told her that she should get a master's degree in art. And then she went to RISD. So she must be pretty fucking good because she got into <laughs> RISD for a master's degree. Um, so, okay, Shauna, you tell us about your work. Um, it's definitely a self-healing practice. It started off that way where it was a lot of me discussing my own experience in my body. And then it turned into kind of like a call and response where I feel like I'm putting out truth about myself or how I've lived my body and not how I've seen it portrayed around me and hoping that other people um, feel the same way. So my sculptures and my paintings are all of women experiencing their bodies just for themselves, which is something I've noticed a lot of women don't do. They don't know what they look like. They know what other people see in them, but they don't know how they see themselves. So I think, and there's a certain intimacy there because like yes. one of your, one of your things is like a woman waxing her legs herself. And it's like, that's, there's a certain like love that that's self love, isn't it? Oh, but she's also grimacing. She's in a lot of pain waxing, uh, which is my experience of waxing, of uh, deep confusion as I'm doing it. 
Um, and this is what this is what I told Shauna, Shauna right when she sat down. I told her that because I did the research, and you can do your own research, as I like to tell you people. I put all the links, all the important stuff is on the You're Facebook to Radio page. Free Brooklyn, and I'm Joey Gay. Hey, and Joey Gay, shut up, <laughs> Joey Gay, Ben, Ben. Oh, I'm not a real doctor, but I play one on the radio. There you go. Okay. All right. So, you know, this is a nonprofit radio station. Okay. We got a few little (laughs) blimps, bumps here. That fits me. And I was out last week. So that's what, but anyway, never mind. So here's what, here was, so I did all the research on Shauna and you can do it. Am I saying your name? Shauna, 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 Shauna. And you can do it because I, I did the work and then I post the most important stuff on the Facebook page, okay, about her show today. But um, what the thing about her that really um, I thought was really notable is that she uh, had a real talent for art since she was like born, right? Yeah. Innate, I mean, innate talent as a child, right? And your parents uh, took you to museums a lot, right? So your art was always cultivated in. Well, I your, grew up in Paris, and you which grew up. Is, how old were you? Oh, but you grew. I was born there and left when I was eighteen. But you spoke English at home or something. English. My father's American. My mother's Scottish. So we only spoke English at home, and I was I was saw it as America when I was in my home. I took a step out of my home. I was in France. Ah, uh, okay. So anyway, to come here to go to study, be a shrink. And then I came here. So you're yeah, going to be a shrink. Exactly. Aren't you glad you're? I'm glad I'm not a shrink. Aren't you? <laughs> Another be life. really hard. Be really hard. It's <laughs> hard. A lot hard. harder than this shit. So anyway, so here's the thing. Thing is, is that um, so my theory about Shauna and she's Sh- Shona and she seemed to uh, to agree is that I think that like because she she was born a big baby and she's you know a large a large female which culturally we have. Uh, you know, feeling we all talk, you know, it's a thing. Okay. Um, so she, she was able and her family, which I want to find out more about. So anyway, she had a lot of, um, she had a lot of strife, let's say about that growing up, but because she is, as she says, she is really good at trusting her instincts. That really stood out to me that, uh, and she's only fucking 28 and she like already gets, uh, she she instinctually gets that about trusting her instincts and her talent and connection to making art. That as a combination, I think, put her about 30 years ahead of, um, well, certainly where I would have been or most people. Like, I think she's just really evolved and really evolved quickly because of those two things in combination and all the fucking hard work that she's done. So the theme yes. is art is healing. And we're going to find out uh, Shona, Shona is going to eliminate that, illuminate that for us with the truth, with some truth telling from Stuart. <laughs> what do you guys fight about? Do you guys ever fight? Oh, yes. What do you fight about the most? We have a lot of random debates about we're both strongly opinionated and mm-hmm. we'll anything give us any subject and we'll show you how uh-huh. we're going to turn it into a very intense debate. Yeah. It's not, it's not so much that we have one thing that we fight about continuously so much as just like, you're the bickerers. Yeah. Or, mm. or we'll like be digging at a, you know, some notion of feminine. I play devil's advocate way more yeah. than I should. 
So, so I think to like feel out where we're sitting, I'll, you know, take up positions that I don't hold. No. I, I caused the fight. We're, we're both strong and we know what we think. So I'm going to say that's repressed anger. It may not be repressed <laughs> anger at each other, but that's a good way to like get out anger without um, having to uh, have like make it personal, but maybe just general anger. It's good. Probably you guys uh, seem to manage it. And then the other thing I'm going to, uh, the other thing I want to point out to you, to you people out there is that, and uh, this is my, I'm, I'm just making big, broad sweeping assumptions. Stuart is not, a, Stuart is, and Stuart and Shona. So Stuart is able, his ego is, uh, confident enough that he doesn't have to be the star in a relationship with a woman. He can, they can both be comfortable with him helping her and supporting her and putting, I think that the two of you, well, you're probably living off of Shona's income now, yeah, right? 100%, She's yeah. like a big star. If you, you don't, you don't fucking know. Cause you don't, you haven't done enough <laughs> research about art, but she was, like a big standout recently in spring break, which is a big standout show. She's the star. And, uh, and so, but anyway, I think the two of them are, are working as a team. And I think that Shona's work in their relationship, as far as uh, time, certainly and a lot of energy takes front and center. And I think they're both good with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I pay, for a lot of our expenses because Stuart helps me out so very much. Well, it's your business yeah. together. In it's a my way. business together. Yeah. He yeah. helps me. He's like the, I have an idea and Stuart will sit down we'll figure out how to make it happen. And then he'll be there the whole time. So yeah. it's yeah. a true partnership. That's yeah. how it feels yeah. to me. So see guys, it works out really, really well. He doesn't have to worry about earning the money. She's doing all, he does all the work. She but, earns I couldn't, it. No, it, <laughs> but you guys need to be a team. When I couldn't, I like to say I could, I literally couldn't do what I want to do if it weren't for him because i couldn't think i couldn't dream as big if i didn't think Stuart would be there to help me uh, like make it happen so mm-hmm. i have these ideas because i know i'm supported and someone will help me figure it out yeah so it's um it's important because one of the things that's really hard about putting making art is putting your work out there and when you have somebody like when you guys work together you have a confidence and a certain right absolutely you know it gives you that you have somebody holding your hand, so you're not like you're putting out these really like revealing, revealing naked bodies in really vulnerable positions. But you got, you got your back. He's got your back. I mean, it's a sculpture of us naked in bed. So I know. I thought that is, was uh, really. He gives me a lot of rights there. Yeah. No, it's really. <laughs> it's a good. My, I'm getting uh, failing. I'm failing. So here's here's another thing I said to Shona. I said that I thought that, well, I think a lot of what she, I think she had a lot of anger at her dad, which she has worked through in her art, which we're going to mm-hmm. talk about. But I also want to find out more about her whole family dynamic and why her mother, like I'm a little pissed off. You tell me this, Stuart. I'm a little pissed off at her mom <laughs> for not like protecting her more from her dad. What do you think about that? I mean, it's a tricky subject that is, from from my vantage point it's a lot more resolved at this at yeah. this stage where her i think a lot of you know the the initial environment that shona found herself in was one where you know men could be wild ran the house and ran the show and i think a lot of shona's success has made the entire family reconsider that shona's mom has seen i think what other relationships can be like so I think she had this vision of like, I'm 
I'm helping this man. I am his secretary. So mm-hmm. like it was very much, you know, to go back to what you were saying before, he was kind of the star of the show um, in the household. And I think she Believe whether it. whether it was, yeah, whether it was a cultural belief brought in from her own childhood and her own experience. But. Yeah, I think she very much played well, that. Well, I know those are your probably your future. Those are your s- sort of in laws or whatever. But so of course, no. You know what? So here's the thing: Sh- Shauna has healed, has done a lot of healing, and is helping all of us. And I have these same, you know, uh, superficial bullshit like society. We all have these issues, and I think that's why. Shauna's work resonates because everybody can look at that and go, "Like I'm a freak too." Um, and look at this person. They're not, they're not embarrassed. They're not ashamed. They're just making it fabulous. So I, I get that. I get that. But I'm also, I don't like, I, I don't want to be like negative and go, go backwards, but I do want to understand what Shona's overcome because I think that's really, really, um, I, I think that's, um, what's the word that can be reassuring. I don't want to do it. I don't want like, in other words, I don't want to make you bring up, like say shit about Shona's family, but I think, you know, I think it's worth, I'm curious about it. I'm curious about like how, what she actually had to overcome because I'm so impressed by where she is. And I think that the strength of where she is, is somehow directly related to some of what she's overcome. And that's what I really want to understand. Clearly her parents are great now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if got great do you want, I, I can talk a little bit more about this. You can, but like, I think part of where it was is growing up in France. I think there's also this extra pressure on being thin. Shona's mom is beautiful, but has self confidence issues of her own for no valid reason. So I do think if they were to, you know, there was kind of no safe space for Shona. I've heard like the house was a deep stressor. She'd go to school and be deeply stressed by her peers so there was no space where she could self, you know, like create that personal identity as a woman and everybody from every angle, except for her brother, was really hitting her with, you're not looking or acting or behaving like a woman should in this. Right. You know. And that's probably why I think you like to make those things of it's women doing so. in in. She just patted his hand. They had a moment there. It's, oh, rebelling again. Uh, but um, the thing is, is that um, I think that's why you like those moments. And I, I relate to this too, because I grew up in a horrible household. Um, that's exaggeration. But anyway, so I like being alone because I was terrorized by my family. But anyway, so, but there's that beautiful moment where we all, I think we all experience that, particularly if you're a harassed child, where you're like, I'm just alone and I'm fucking like picking my pimples and no one knows. And then I can just be with myself and she's nodding her head. <laughs> okay. So let's I want to hear about your family I want to hear a little bit about your growing up and your father and your mother and all that and your brother like what happened there what was your childhood like I've got older parents my father had me at 50 my mother at 40 mm-hmm. um so I think the main thing is everyone believed that women were one thing I think mm-hmm. that was kind of the general feel from my mother who felt that for herself and my father who had who was a bachelor until he was 50 he was dating a ballerina when I was born. Wow. And then then came back to my mother to be with uh, us. So they were wait, never a serious relationship. They wait were, a second. Your father had a girlfriend and he cheated on... No, no. He, they were more... She was his secretary. That's how they met. 
Mm-hmm. So I would say they were more, you know, they were lovers for many decades before and- I came around. So um, there was, you know, the stability wasn't there when it started. And then it just grew off their specific relationship. I, I realize we probably have to pull back one step because every time I talk to my mom, she doesn't get this. So for for like Shona's parents never got married. Mm-hmm. They they were always separated, mm-hmm. lived together mm-hmm. and now live separately, but kind mm-hmm. of have that same vibe that they did when they were living together. So it's this very unconventional. It's all very French. It's very French. So That's did your father, <laughs> when you were growing up, did your parents, your your biological parents live together? They did, yeah. So then, because because I was born, they then moved in together. Uh huh. And then I have my mother's last name because at first my mother thought she'd be a single mother. Then mm-hmm. my brother was born, and he has my father's last name because by then my father was like, "No, I'm I'm here to stay." Mm-hmm. But um, they're not together now. But they're not together now. But they still Facetime five to eight times a day. Mm-hmm. So, so your father must have been. I mean, I'm guessing must have been in interested in particularly beautiful women right because you're and he's also very 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 smart and very charming and plays the piano amazingly and writes poems and he's a creative mind so i think he's he's a he's a seductive he's just like he's a charming man and my they mother were, was very beautiful so i think he's very romantic he's, my a, mother, yeah. he's a lawyer so he yeah. had a good stable job sexy hot guy so it's george clooney folks you had like you had like these ideal I'm idealizing your parents now. Like they're this gorgeous, smart, fabulous couple. Did they go out? Like were they socialites? Definitely. I think my father was the, well, my father is the kind of man who will within 20 minutes suddenly be the star of the show and just be telling a grand story. Everyone's laughed. My mother is more than just beautiful. So my mother's very beautiful, but she's also one of the most like kind and generous women. I know. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. I got a lot of that from her. Whatever Mm -hmm. I have that is good, it comes a lot from her. But clearly, um, aesthetics, I mean, was important or I I mean, whether you value, I'm not even talking about values, but they were just very present because Mm -hmm. you must have been very aware of that. Your parents were sort of like happening people and your mom was gorgeous and all that. How old are they now? If you don't mind me asking. My father's now 78. My mother is 68. Wow. Your mom's older than me. So anyway, um, Okay. So, and then, um, so they were, they, they sound like they're fairly conventional male, female type. Definitely very heteronormative. Did that, heteronormative. So did that, did that make sense with like the world that you were brought up in? Is that how you saw other people or is that, did that seem normal to you? I mean, I didn't know what was normal. I had a very... Because my parents never had that romance. They're not very romantic people, not uh-huh. towards each other, at least. So there was a lot of honesty in front of the children. So I'd say I, my, my brother and I never missed a fight. They always happened when we were there. Mm. And so I and a lot of fights happened because of my weight and my appearance was I say my appearance was like 80 percent of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Just over like a decade or 15 years, we mainly talked about my appearance and how how much younger is your brother? He's only he's three years younger, but so we uh, he's my older brother and my younger brother both. At the were you guys end. really close the whole oh, time? The closest. So describe for me what it was like growing up and what you're talking about. Can you give us some examples or pa- paint a picture or something so we can sort of mention? I just it? think my father really and he I know he meant good, and we talk a lot about it now, and so we're able to reflect on it. And I think my father really thought women's value was 
in their appearance. And to him, he saw that his fat daughter, and I was always overweight. I mean, from the day I was born till yeah, right now. Yeah, you were a large baby. It's always gen- been a large you baby. You can't like, just change that. He saw it as my daughter's opportunities are going to be ruined because she's overweight and not beautiful. And to him, he really believed it. So he really, he, he didn't want to hurt me as much as he wanted to save me, I think. Okay. So I'm mad at your dad. I'm going to, I'm just going to put this out there. So I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think that your father, um, I'm sorry, I know you've done a great job in the big picture. Do you think your father (laughs) had his ego in it? Do you think he was like, Oh, I used to say what he wanted most was to have a, a family Christmas card with a beautiful daughter with a, their, her hand on his shoulder. And I think not, I'm not comparing him to Trump, but I'm <laughs> saying the same way that I think Trump loves his daughter. I think there was a little bit of that. I think that especially that generation, my father and Trump are sim, not too far in age. Yeah, he's 78. Yeah. Right. So I think it's also a time they grew up yeah, when that no, was right. what he's women, yeah, women right. were like that, you know, it's what, to him, he grew up, women wore beautiful things. Right. That's why I wanted to know. The whole so I think he saw, he wanted that for me. And I wasn't mm-hmm. that. I was mm-hmm. a chubby, weird, messy haired girl. So how did that manifest itself? Like, is there any particular age where you became really aware of that? Or like, was it, was it like, did he, did he, did he try to talk about your eating habits? Did he try oh, yeah, to, of course, so where table. did it, where, how did, like when your parents, when there was a fight, what was the fight about? Like what, what did it focus on? What areas, if you don't well, mind the me fight asking. was towards me. Um, a table would be about how much I'm eating. I mean, it would be about men not wanting me, you know, or that's something that came up a lot. You know, we all know what men want and that's not what they want or, Things like I can't join in with my friends because I won't be comfortable enough with myself or I won't be able to do things with others because I'm so a lot of telling me a lot of reminding me of the possible limitations of my existence. So those are really negative messages. Definitely. And um, and I proved them all wrong. You did. You did. You did for all of us. You did it. You're doing this for all of us. We know this is where we're, this is why we're so grateful that you're doing this work. I mean, I think it's really, really, this is what I'm telling you folks. This is why this shit is important. <laughs> so, um, where was your mom? So I'm mad at your mom too. Like, why didn't she say, shut the fuck up? You- well, she had a very angry dad and she grew up in a very bad household as well. So I think there were some fears there. And then I think fear afraid of your dad. Maybe fear of men or starting. I mean, also, it's hard to fight with someone who's determined on screaming the loudest. There's sometimes only so much you can do in the moment. I think she would always come to me after. She was a, she's a wonderful mom and yeah, very no, supportive. I mean, yeah, no, no, it, I mean, was just, obviously it was hard for everyone. But I also think, just as I said, she may have believed it a little bit, too. You know? Yeah. And, what did she what did she say to you when she came to you later? I mean, a lot of pain and sadness. I think now when we talk about it, my father will tear up immediately if it comes up. It's a very, it's a sad thing. And I'm also, as I'm talking about it now, I'm very nonchalant about it. So sometimes I'll bring it up, you know, and my father will be jolted because it's painful for him to remember what Mm -hmm. happened. And it's painful for my mother. I'm by far the one who's come, I've, I've gotten over it the most. (laughs) Yeah, because you, you have worked it through with your art i mean art is healing so um um which is so must be so gratifying for you and and you know that you get to share i mean it's great and it's something you can share and something i mean it's great it's a great thing to bring that we all have that so um 
did your mom when she came to you she so she would like you could tell that she was hurt by it too oh yeah i don't it was mean, hard for her and how did your brother where what role your brother was obviously healing so mm-hmm. what role did he play oh my brother is the better version of me times a million he's uh-huh. the calmest you'll never hear my brother's voice raise he was the mediator so he's just he's very smart and calm but he was very the angriest i've ever seen him on only times i've ever seen him angry is on my to defend me you know when my father would say some things and or it would come up i, I can remember seeing my brother's fists really tight and that's Aww. the only time i've ever seen such anger from him because he genuinely Aww. is his i mean he's a professional vegan activist his life is all about love and accept that's who he is to his Acceptance. core and he's always been like that do you think that part of him watching what you went through makes him mm. feel... Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would cry with me and for me because it would be... It was often, and he saw his older sister cry a lot and be in pain a lot, and he felt it. And he... I mean, it's built... He is the man he it's, is today. It sounds a little like your father, um, in a certain way, is, um, you know, I hate to use this term, but, like, paying... I mean, because you're not... We don't want any revenge. We do not mm. want revenge. But I'm I'm sorry to say, but it must be very. He's sort of suffering now for what he did with you before. Is that right? Definitely. I also have to say, and you know, when you're a kid, you don't know what the rest of the world is. So I thought my life was really rough. I've grown to see just how bad life can be, and I was also very lucky. My father, also my family, you know, took me to museums all the time and did love me and so much. I mean, if anything, a lot of this came from an obsession with me and they just wanted me to do the mm. best I could. So there was, it's like, a, it's bizarre because in my memory, I can hold, I can remember so many loving moments, but also so many horrible moments. Right. And they're right. happening sometimes for the same reasons, which is also something hard to like, you know, to right. compute that, sometimes. Right. Right. Mm. And that's humanity. Yeah. It's humanity. Um, did your family ever like look into having a, um, like a, a physical cause like, did they ever say, think like, cause you were a large baby. Like, you know, it isn't like, Oh my God. You're no. like just somebody who like has a, you know, weight fluctuation. So did they ever think to like oh, that? Maybe yeah. that it was out of your control to some degree. It took a long time to find out how much it wasn't in my control. I do have I polycystic ovarian syndrome and that the moment that my puberty hit hormone, I mean, my body start going a bit crazy and I remember hearing my father say, it's, I really thought it was because you overate, even though I was eating in front of him. He could see I wasn't eating five times more than anyone else. Right. I was eating as much, if not less, out of fear. Um, and that's, why I think, why also we were all able to grow is because a lot of that anger where they thought it was my fault has changed understanding that I just have Medical. this body. I mean, there's things I, I could work out much more. There are many oh, things Jesus. I can do, but, you know, there. we're all we're there. there. <laughs> It wasn't, um, you know. but when you were like, I mean, you, he would, I'm, he was critical before adolescence. So I'm saying like before, like that, that is a good thing that they found out. And I'm sorry. I, is that something that you can manage? And yeah, I mean, one in 10 women have it. It's incredibly common. Yeah. And uh, you sin- can, yeah. you can, it's yeah. So, um, thing is, is that like when you, so before that, how old were you when that happened? Like, I only found out once I got to college in France. When I was in France, I went. I saw so many do- acupuncturists. I saw doctors. I saw therapists. I saw everything to try to pinpoint what could be causing it. But did it. your parents try to? Did your parents think like that it might not be your fault, or did they think that it was your? 
I think everyone thinks. I mean, except for those who spend time wanting to find out more. I think the average person assumes a fat person is fat because it's their fault. Right. So that's what they just yeah. thought. Did so even did, doctors think that? Everyone thinks that. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. So wrong. Um, did uh, did they monitor what you were eating and stuff like that? Or Not what? as. Uh, I mean. It, they're very, they're whimsical people in their own way. So they're not very regimented. They're not people. organized yeah, yeah. enough. <laughs> they're not organized enough that, yeah, they wouldn't be counting my, counting my calories, but they wouldn't, you know, if I reach for a second helping, that would be like the whole, the table would burst into Wow. It. Not that I ever did because I didn't want to start a fight, but. Wow. That would be, yeah. So you must have internal, internalized that. Oh, deeply. Some, I, yeah. it took, I remember the, the only time I've lost a lot of weight was a summer I went to Spain. I was like 13 or 14. I got my first boyfriend and I didn't eat lunch for a month and a half because I couldn't eat in front of him. <laughs> so I ate like a third as much as I was usually eating and I came back thinner and then we we're all so excited and turned out it's because I'd literally starved myself. Aww. Not purposefully, I just, my I was so afraid to eat in front of a man. And now my boyfriend will, I will eat anything in front of him. I'll stare him in the eyes as I do it. <laughs> but that took me quite some time to do that. So what was your relationship with guys like? Like, what was it like in high school and from there? And you obviously have a solid relationship with mm-hmm. a nice guy now. So tell me a little bit about that journey. Well, I'm lucky to have had my brother because I still to this day think my brother is probably the best man I've ever met. Mm. And almost everyone I know says the same thing. He's mm-hmm. an exceptional human being. So I think when all this was happening, I also had a perfect example of what could be out there. So I think I had this slight hope. My boyfriend is a lot like my brother. They're very, very smart in the same ways, very kind in the same ways. Mm-hmm. He's more aggre- more anger in you than my, bo- my, my brother. My <laughs> brother's very much calmer human being to his core. I don't know. So, what was- so uh, we were talking about like, so I wonder like what it was like for you in high school. Like you must, mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. you were sort of like, I was getting the point that maybe your brother gave you a good impression of guys. You had that uh, one anecdote where the, your friends from school told you i'm trying to lead oh, you to this oh, right, right, right. Yeah. well one a friend of mine took me aside and told me that the boys of my year had talked and if i lost weight i'd be the most beautiful girl so there was a lot of That's i horrible. understood and a lot of men told me as a teenager if i lost weight then i'd be attractive to them mm-hmm. and they would be into me so there was or like you're so perfect everything about you is perfect and then that would end there so i had this constant like it I remember thinking a lot about how it's crazy that I have all these things that people seem to like, and yet it's still nothing because I'm fat. Like Mm. I have that one thing being fat that negates everything else. And I, I I believed it, but questioned it and was angry over it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much I believed it. I think I was more disgusted by that. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. I think men bothered me a lot, even Mm -hmm. though funnily enough, most of my friends were men. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of male like friendships. Probably probably because they knew that you knew that like you weren't Mm going to be like you knew better than to be after them. Yeah. Which actually probably really helped you become close with them in a way. I've emotionally dated so many men (laughs) who didn't sleep with me, but would, I mean, the number of men who would come to me every night, literally knock my door every night to hold me in their arms and play with my hair. And I was just their friend though. I'm not, I'm not their girlfriend, but they, that's, 
they would, I think they emotionally dated me. That's so to, interesting. To be brutally self-critical, that was yeah. me until oh, yeah. I spent grad school. With, like Shona's art, I can fully attest to the power of it. It's changed my life. Like I was those guys before. Oh, really? Was, so, I was dating so what, skinny girls, being like, oh, you're perfect. Like, but this one thing. And then after two years of hashing out like the psychology and ideas and like, where is all this bias coming from? Like Shona did help me change my, that like lose the masculine gaze that I like had. I mean, I probably weighed world. twice as much as your ex-girlfriend who was the average weight of girls you dated. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I definitely, my sister knows some horrible things I said and like Shona has completely erased. So when did you guys meet? Grad school. I was probably, uh, what we went when we were like 24. Four or 25 when yeah. we met. Shona, is this your longest relationship or your most? My only serious relationship. Okay. And, and because of that, my longest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, you met in grad school when? Four years ago? 2014. Yeah, 2014. 2014, yeah. five yeah. years ago. Whatever. Yeah, every day. And so what was your impression of Shona? Um, I mean, in exactly what she described, like, so I can remember the conversation we had at the canal in Providence where it was, you know, us and one other great friend. And after leaving that conversation, I was like, wow, like Shona's Shona's cool. I'm going to I'm going to like hang out with her. And immediately that was my first reaction. And we did. We hung out well, all we the spent time. Two years watching movies, holding hands and having uh, like my head on her shoulder, like but really? not blatant, blatant denial. Everybody in the building. We, we had a large studio building that housed all the sculptors were a floor above us the printmaker you know every, everybody that was at the grad school was kind of in that building so and everybody are. thought we were dating except for us oh so people <laughs> thought you were dating but what did you think shauna what like i thought Stuart was just another man who saw me as every other man before that as a God, she's so perfect and we get along so well. It's too bad I can't ever have sex with her. So, but like when he held your hand and you had physical contact. Oh, yeah. Well, was that really common? Because I've, I mean, personally, I've never had, I've never had that. I, I mean, I did spend a semester in college having my own room and not getting laid. Okay. Once. So I'm not <laughs> like saying that people were after me, but um, the idea of having relationships with men where they're sort of like physical to some degree, but not sexual. Like, oh. is that, was that very common for you? No, it's very, my good, my curator, Lauren Powell, who the, yeah, to help me with a spring, spring break. break she's yeah. wonderful. And she's, we were just talking about how she's looking for someone who do, is not just physical and she wants something emotional. And I thought how funny it is because my whole existence was the opposite. Huh. My whole existence was a, a wonderfully powerful emotional relationship wow. with men who, that helped me grow and I love them and they love me. And wow. one even flew to Paris to visit me over a summer and spent wow. like a week living with me, but they never would take it. They would play with my hair and we would lie in bed together. And that was it. That was not their girlfriend. They would be sleeping with other people and I had to know the boundaries. And that was a very confusing was very thing. Painful or oh, what? yeah, very painful. A lot of uh, hurt and anger towards myself. And then a belief that I was just not, you know, I used to say all the time, there's a version of me out there, but a thinner one that someone wants to sleep with. You know, like I'm just another person. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. Yeah, that's how I really thought. 
So so how so how did you um so how did your relationship with Shona see I'm all worried about that getting that right <laughs> so how did your relationship with Shona like how, you grew Stuart so what what's what happened there what happened between you guys and how did you grow so to make a long story short uh, uh, obviously this is over years and years of just like talking through her work which is about mm-hmm. you know how the historical like male gaze has influenced both the way women see themselves but also you know naturally how men but, see women but what were you thinking when you were like you had your head on you were you guys were watching tv <laughs> holding hands what the fuck were you thinking <laughs> well i guess i come from a little bit more of a like easy whatever like okay like i i i'd had relationships with women where we'd have physical contact and it was like not a romantic thing so that there was definitely tension there but i can remember like a, to get to what i think you're like a few anecdotes were shona had this one piece where she was gonna for the first time paint herself naked mm-hmm. and i remember you know having that stepping into her studio she brought me into the studio before you know like hearing all the stories from the backside later is very funny but i went in there and just like saw it addressed it as art but then in the back of my head was like yeah like why not like i now i've seen her painted and then i remember mm-hmm. at our thesis piece um mm-hmm. i was doing a performance so i like had to walk back really quickly um but shona was already there surrounded by her sculptures of also plus size women that very much were self-portraits without mm-hmm. being self-portraits they were beautiful taking up space super mm-hmm. powerful she, she was talking to like two collectors and a gallerist at the time and i was like mm-hmm. God, she's beautiful. Like she's just owning the space. She's like, there's a giant, giant convention center and she's owning it mm-hmm. and just like so taken with how confident and like it was like a few moments like that that just like kind of clicked and was like, why, why no? And then like so eventually saw- that just kind of broke down and I was just like, what is, she's perfect for you. You guys get along, you guys hang out all the time. Your own only your head is holding you back. So so you were able to like actually push push noise away of what society. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Push the noise away of what society was telling you in order to really get, as Shona would say, trust your gut. Yeah, hundred percent. So, mm-hmm. um, were you ever thinking like, oh, what are the guys gonna think? Hundred percent. Like- <laughs> yeah. That's so dumb. Uh, Sorry, I can't help it. I'm an old lady. It's so true. I've talked to Shona about this where like initially like when I was dating the 110 pound whatever, like that that was like the thing of like, here's my photo trophy that I can like take to all my guy friends and be like, my girl's hotter than your girl. I win. And like that is the male. So dumb. It it really is. And that's that is what I was bringing into our relationship. So that Uh also you know, unfairly caused a little bit of friction initially as I was like dealing with my fair or unfair. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. But anyway, so I was dealing with that baggage mm-hmm. and like it, it really was Shona that made mm-hmm. me realize it's just wasted baggage that I'm carrying around for no reason other than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's we're, what I learned. We're very honest with each other. We spend a lot, a lot of time talking. So we talk through things. So mm-hmm. this was something we talked about from the start that this is. Did you know that? Did you know that Stuart felt that way or was getting, did you know I, that? I know because, because he's a man. Yeah. <laughs> so And I, you had direct conversations about it. Yeah. I mean, really? Oh, That's I remember impressive. being in the car in tears saying it's, very hard for me to make the work that I make and to think the thoughts that I have while being in this relationship and feeling this way about 
you, this is right at the start of our relationship, like a month or two in, versus I want to say now I'll get mad at Stuart because he spends too much time telling me how beautiful I am, or he holds my belly too much, or like he is, the man he is now, it's crazy to think. We laugh about how it's, the change is so intense. So you were, you were, were you feeling sexual towards Stuart at that time? Were you feeling like sexual towards him and thinking like, oh, well, he's, he wasn't going to be I mean, you know, it would be natural, at the right? Big, especially the beginning, beginning. relationship. It was a, uh, we had a, uh, we're very sexual people. It took, mm-hmm. but it took some time to get there because it mm-hmm. was comfort on both our ends. Mm-hmm. My comfort with being vulnerable and sure. I mean, I date a very fit young man who I would say he's hot. Yeah, I would <laughs> say within four minutes of being together, he was walking around naked, which is not something I'd done in front of someone else mm-hmm. and hadn't crossed his, I remember being there like, Oh my God, he's very naked for a very long period of time. And we just kind of entered the stage of our relationship. I, you know, it was, I had to catch up to that. So there was like a discomfort and, and a growth on both ends. And he, and did he date other women? Why? Well, obviously why when we were, were best friends. Yes. Yeah. And so what was that like? Horribly painful. How was <laughs> uh, it for the, the checks, Stuart, they weren't happy about it either, I bet. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Like, so what's the deal with Shona? Like, no, what, seriously, what's the deal with Shona? And I was just like, I'm just like, I mean, I have a girl soulmate friends that just aren't sexual. And then, it, like, eventually I was like, oh, right, right, right. I remember sending you down when you, he hooked up with this young woman who he was very excited about it. And we went to lunch and I was like, where our relationship will have to change because you can't go to see your girlfriend and then come back and hold hands and watch a movie with me. That. And he didn't understand it. And I knew that because I had been through that scenario wow. 10 times with men in my life where like we're so close and they suddenly start sleeping with someone and then my relationship with them changed and they don't understand. What do you mean it's changed? I'm like, what are you talking about? That was very much a forced denial on my mm-hmm. part. You know what, ladies, take note on this because it's really um, important or powerful or uh, I admire it. I'm just going to say that because Shona, you put boundaries out on what you would tolerate, even though you were um, in, you know, society's position of being in a weak position, not that you Mm -hmm. were, but society would say, well, she could, she can't get a lot of guys, but you didn't even know you didn't, or you didn't, whatever that was, you put out your boundaries and we, we women don't do that enough. And that's so important. I think I wanted to feel valuable. I see that my friend just got dumped by another terrible man. It's like mm-hmm. the hundredth in a row and she didn't see it coming, even though all the signs were there. Mm-hmm. And I think I just didn't want to play that game. So to me, I, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't given many opportunities, I still knew exactly how I wanted to be treated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when, I mean, I still didn't always get treated that way, but I had a sense. And I think that's what's led me here mm-hmm. to this relationship with him or just me as a woman, independent of Stuart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was two questions I had in my mind, one for Please. each of you. And now I, now they got all confused because, <laughs> okay, so wait. So the question was, um, did, okay. The question I was going to ask you, Stuart yeah. was, do you, so today, nowadays, or like when you first introduced, have you introduced Shona to your family? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. like your friends and stuff like that. Like, do you, do you deal with that um, aspect that people are going to be judging her or do you, do you hear about it? Do you deal with it? Is it, is it, is it in there? Is it in the mix or how does that, how does that work out? I would say it, it was when I, at this point, everybody that I'm. Yeah. I mean, people, with, you guys are now, together. Yeah, now, no big deal. Now but everybody now, knows and it's not a thing, but for sure when, when we, we first did, I mean, there was like, 
a little bit of, you know, strife. Uh, again, because I was not shy about my views. Uh, like, I, I mean, my, oh, my sister okay. struggles with her weight a little bit. Like, not, not very much now at all. But, like, yeah. in, that, in that initial, I said all horrible women. things to her. You like, did? I, As yeah. a teenager. I, well, not to, yeah. her, not to her specifically. But, like, you know, like, I, you know, the way I view, like, male attraction to women is X. And, you know, there's wow. like really not okay wow, things. Wow, you were really like that. I, I, wow. Very, As most and, and in my I, experience with all that. Yeah, I would. You're converted. I yeah. You got 100%. converted. I, there were a lot of there were a lot of strong women in my life that each one like chipped away, and I would say Shona was the final. Funnily uh, enough, he has her, a powerful plus size mom. Oh really? Slightly plus size. She's not but very also big, a but... plus size woman. For a long time, she would absolutely not say she's feminine. Like she's she. There, I come from a conservative family, so they're. Mm-hmm. Where did you, know, you grow up? Uh, Southern California. Uh huh. So, so you you heard a lot of that kind of chatter about women losing weight and all the oh yeah, the yeah. women look looking. So my, you were well aware. Yeah, my my we what is all the job, same Stuart? All the same. What uh, is your mother's job, Stuart? She's an OBGYN. <laughs> but also, she also does um you know like uh non invasive like plastic surgery kind of thing. So she does oh, do a lot of man. the, the Botox. Very oh interesting. man. But right now she's doing a lot of work with vaginal rejuvenation. I've which had is, that. Which is believe totally, it or not. <laughs> which is totally the other side of the coin, which is like female empowerment, like all like female pleasure. Yeah, and like for the woman. Well sex here's something we don't talk about enough. Sex hurts after menopause for a lot of women and there's a lot of ways to ways that you can that. deal with that. And I feel proud of how I've dealt with it successfully, but and I've talked about it on the show before. But um that is something that we don't talk about. So that is something that's necessary in our aging population. That's I remember his mom does. I yeah, and remember like urinary incontinence. The only one. person in my recent experience who's disliked my weight and made it clear mm-hmm. is your brother. Yeah. Who's been my biggest bully, I would say, out of since my father, I would say your brother takes a second place. Well, so that's definitely probably his issue. But I was oh, going to ask you, Shona, I, I remember now, um, what role did your mom have? Um, like, in other words, did um, like she being beautiful. So like, how did that make you feel like, did you I got this feeling that sometimes you felt like you got to see that being beautiful wasn't the answer to everything through her. Can you tell us about that oh. a little bit? When she's my mom is devastatingly beautiful. I mean, it's the kind of people note she gets stopped multiple times a day to be told she's beautiful. And she would talk about being a young woman who walked into rooms and was immediately afraid of bothering people. I think she always felt like she was bothering people and not enough and not good enough. And she really thought she was fat, which is funny because when you see pictures of her, she literally looks like a model. I mean, tiny mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. And so I just I think that was also in some ways almost helpful to see that what I thought was a solution. Shona, if you're thin, you'll be happy. I have a beautiful, thin mother who dislikes herself as much, if not more than I did. And so she showed me that that's maybe not the only answer or even an answer. When you say she just well, you know, your father sounds really dominating and she was a secretary. So there must be like and I'm not I mean, society has a role in that relationship, too. But she couldn't she was a there is a less than this in just she branched off and has her own practice now. And she was she branched off and no longer was a secretary within a couple years of my birth. So I think that helped her also become her own woman mm-hmm. and not be literally mm-hmm. his secretary. Mm-hmm. His secretary. But, but she, yeah, definitely. But she picked an old, much older, he's a lawyer. He's got a 
have a big mouth, be dominant. He sounds dominating. He's also wealthy and she wasn't and isn't. Like she, yeah. He's also the monetary, he's the financial. Right. He's ever, he, he was a lot. And probably, I mean, just stereotypically, we've all been to, I mean, if you go to an art fair, you can see this plainly, is that, you know, a wealthy man with a lot of money and a young, beautiful, well-dressed woman. Mm-hmm. And so women are taught, young women that are beautiful are taught that the uh, sexual currency. And so oh, that's she their value. Was using... And so that must have undermined her self-esteem in another way that you probably witnessed, right? Absolutely, so, okay. yeah. You know, we only have six minutes left. Can you believe this? But I, before we leave, um, I want to just spend a few minutes um, because uh, we had sort of mentioned this before. I just want to point out that um, women, I'm part of it. We're all part of it. But we have a role in um, uh, shaming other women and shaming ourselves and our values. And I think like, and I'm not saying I'm above it because I'm not. I got, you know, I'm wearing fucking Invisaligners. Okay, so I'm vain. <laughs> but this whole idea of our society, um, like, you know, um, there's this term called double agents. Mm-hmm. And somebody pointed that out that like Kim Kardashian is a double oh, agent. Do you want to explain that to us, Shona? I see it as ripples on the world. What are the ripples you've ca- you've created? And I think she's done the Kardashian, the Jenners have done nothing but cause issues in other women about not looking enough like them. I mean, those they're women who've literally promoted that they're nothing but beauty and a specific kind of beauty. I think we're all brainwashed. I mean, for so long, I thought I thought I literally would never have a boyfriend because I was fat and fat women don't deserve a boy, a man. I really thought that even though mm-hmm. I was fat. Mm-hmm. So women believe these things about mm-hmm. themselves, that, that this is their value. It's in their appearance. And I think some women promote that and we believe it. Well, the thing that pisses me off the most is like um, celebrities that do that. And I think there are a lot of, you know, celebrities or women that get by because they're pretty or, you know, um, you know, promoting stuff like that. And it makes me angry. Sometimes it's more angry for them. I get angry that they have let themselves or they don't know better than to not believe it. That's where I'm not always, you know, Kim and there I'm actually angry at them because they're, yeah, powerful, they're powerful and, rich and they can do. Right. But I think about my like my common friend who is yeah, beautiful women. and thin and still hates themselves. And, you know, I'm angry for them more than I'm angry at them. Yeah, that's because you're evolved and you like fucking figured it out and <laughs> transcended that. If you were still in it, you'd be you know, I'm no, I mean, them. no, I mean, I'm just saying. No, no, just, I agree. I, I mean, agree. it's my own insecurity. I've got so much of it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just going to share that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so I just want like um, us women to try to not. And I think a lot of it is for the male gaze. Do you think so? That women are like, I mean, I see because I'm old and I see all this like plastic surgery and all the shit that women do. And even young women now. And I think a lot of that, I mean, the idea of having plastic surgery to look good for a man or like the idea that women, when they get old and they're not beautiful in that young women way, that they're not, that they're not attractive. I think a perfect way is a vagina. Women don't, most women will not know what their vagina looks like, but they can tell you how much a month they spend on grooming it, on making it presentable to a man. And I think a woman's experience is somewhat similar to vagina where they're not, they may not know who they are for themselves or what they are to themselves, but they know very much 
what they need to do to transform themselves for someone else. Right. And I think it's really undermining women's rights because as long as we're caught up in that stuff, we're never going to really be truly equal or empowered because we spend so much time trying to look good. And we're focused on that, which is not, uh, which kind of isn't that self-respectful, respectful to ourselves. Of course. Yeah. Women. One, so. one of the interesting things that I'd never considered, but I remember Sean, like we were talking about your upcoming body of work for this solo show that you have coming. And one of the things is Shona was trying to figure out like, where is a space where women create their own identity outside of things? And we were, we were going through these quote unquote female identifying spaces and realizing that each one of them is set up for a man. So you have like a salon as a typical female only space, but that's, catered to male notions of beauty and women getting together to achieve that and you know shopping you you go down the list of you know female identified spaces and you quickly realize that they're all focused on a male perception of beauty so i think what shona's really doing is kind of taking ownership and flipping that right right and competing with other women to be the most beautiful and that's like the worst the lowest part of that more, more, more touching. These guys are great. Oh my God. Anyway, I got to go, but we have to go. Um, anyway, thank you so much for being here today. No, you, you guys, I, I feel like so I'm failing again. <laughs> um, I never use that word on air and now I am. I don't know. I guess you guys really inspired that, but I just want to say thanks a lot for listening to radio free Brooklyn. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. I'm here every Thursday, two to three at dr lisa levy sp and check out shona mcandrew's work um all her information is on my facebook page and